Real quickly before I begin, I just want to add something onto what Kent said earlier. It is a blessing to have live streaming and to be able to watch from home, and um, it is uh, just a blessing of the, the modern age. Uh, but I would add a caveat onto that, is that the comfort of staying at home in your PJs is, uh, is enticing in uh, the long run. Um, and so I would encourage and challenge everybody at home, absolutely be conscientious, absolutely uh, be cautious, uh, but don't get comfortable. Uh, God has called us to more than comfort. He's called us to be active in the body of a church. And that's one thing you can't do from home. Uh, it's difficult to be involved in a church. And so I would just add that challenge on. Don't let the comfort keep you there uh, because God has called us to, to be active. So I've said my piece. Um, I'll never forget that night. I will never, ever, ever forget that night. About 30 minutes after we had both fallen asleep, Dawn woke me up and said four words that let me know that we were not going to be getting any more sleep that night. Those four words were, I think it's time. Those four words sent a rush of adrenaline through my body that woke me up better than any cup of coffee ever has or ever will. I got dressed, I grabbed our pre-packed bag and carefully loaded my beautiful bride into the car and we took off towards a life-changing night. We made it to the hospital in record time, which had nothing to do with my driving abilities and everything to do with the fact that it was almost one o'clock in the morning and we were about the only ones on the road at the time. Is it me or do kids never really come at a convenient time? Uh, both of my kids' deliveries happened between 12 and 1 a.m. Uh, I think they just kind of wanted to set the tone, you know, and just kind of say, hey, here's how things are gonna go uh, around here. Uh, once we made it to the hospital and got checked in, uh, we were whisked off to the delivery room, hallowed ground where women painfully produce human beings, uh, where men see their wives in a different light, uh, blinding light from a, a light hanging from the ceiling, right? As if the first thing that we're going to do when this baby comes out is interrogate it. Um, where have you been? As the hours ticked by, the exhaustion and the discomfort grew at a steady pace until with one final push, my precious little Lily left the warmth and comfort of her home for the past eight months and forever changed the Wilkerson family. As I sat there holding my baby girl in my arms, I was overcome with feelings of joy and honestly, I was a little terrified. Parenthood, even when it's planned, it's really scary. It's really tough. It's really difficult. Kids don't come with an owner's manual, right? The doctor doesn't hand you a book and say, good luck, right? Read chapter four. In that moment, I was reminded of a scripture that I had been taught from when I was a little boy. That scripture is Psalm 127.3. Children are a gift from the Lord. They're a reward from him. That scripture is going to be our focus this morning. Children are a gift from the Lord, their reward from Him. Every January, the church places a special focus on the reality that there is a sanctity, a sacredness, a uniquely special value to human life given by God. That human beings, no matter what stage of development, whether fully developed adults or babies in the womb, are a gift from God Himself. Psalm 127.3 is very, very, very clear that kids are a gift. 
Notice that it doesn't include some qualifiers on that statement, right? It doesn't say that some kids are a gift. It doesn't say that most kids are a gift. It doesn't say that only the good kids are a gift or even planned kids. It simply says that children are a gift from God. Our thought that I want you to focus on this morning and leave with today is that all kids, planned or unplanned, are a gift from God to be treasured and trained. This challenge applies not only to parents, but to grandparents and aunts and uncles and friends and church family. Kids are a gift. They're to be treasured and trained. First, kids are to be treasured. What is the most valuable asset that you own? What is your greatest, most valuable possession? For most of us, our house is probably the most expensive thing that we own, right? But really, the bank owns it, and we're just kind of paying them back slowly over time, right? We don't really own it until we're done there. You might have a really nice boat or a car, a really nice car, uh, a healthy 401k or a pension. Maybe you've even got some kind of autographed jersey or some kind of sports memorabilia or some kind of special gift from a loved one that holds a special place in your heart. The truth is is that all of us are going to answer that question slightly differently based off how we place value. So what value do we place on our kids? Kids are to be treasured for a few reasons. First reason is that they're made in his image. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I'm often told that my son Micah looks a lot like me. Nearly every time somebody sees him, say, hey, man, he looks a lot like you. Several months after we, uh, he was born, my grandmother passed away. And at the funeral reception, Dawn and I were flipping through old family pictures, as, as you often do at a, a funeral reception. And we came across a paper plate uh, that was decorated as a craft. And around this paper plate were pictures of my cousins and all the grandkids Uh, from when they were little kids, little babies. And being the youngest in the family, it was kind of fun to look through and see all my cousins when they were real little because I have no memory of that at all. And I came across a picture uh, that I had to literally take a double take on uh, because I I thought it was my son, Micah. It looked just like him, but it was actually me. I was like, how did did they get a picture of Micah and put it on this paper plate all those years ago? Uh, I literally had to do a double take. Uh, He absolutely is the spitting image of his dad. It's no coincidence that kids tend to look like their parents. God made it that way. He made it that way because we are made to look like him. Not carbon copies, not clones, but we share some of his qualities. We're not merely flesh and bone. We are spirit and soul. We're not driven by animal instincts, but we're aware of right and wrong, goodness and truth. Human beings are unique in this world, and they're to be treasured because we all carry the image of God, unlike any other living thing on the planet. Plants and animals, they're great, and they should be cared for, absolutely, but they do not carry the image of God like we do. It's a tragic thing that somebody can be fined for disturbing something like an eagle's nest, and yet 1,700 image bearers of God are going to be terminated in the United States before we go to bed tonight. Let that sink in for a minute. 
When I look at my son, I see myself in him. And when God looks at his kids, he sees his image. So what do we see? Kids, both planned and unplanned, are to be treasured because they carry his image. Kids are also to be treasured because they are carefully made. As I was preparing this message the other day, I read through the creation account in Genesis and noticed something that I had never noticed before, but it was there the whole time. Have you ever noticed something that was right in front of you the whole time and just didn't notice it? I love that feeling. Genesis chapter 1 is filled with God creating the sky and the planets and rivers and oak trees and dogs. Thank you, God, for dogs, right? They're amazing. He creates this beautiful world by speaking it into existence, the amazing power of God's words. But then in chapter 2, he creates Adam and Eve, our greatest great-grandparents, right? But he does so in a different, unique way. Genesis 2-7 says, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed life into his nostrils, the breath of life. And the man became a living being. God forms Adam from the dust and he breathes life into him. The word here used for form is the same one used for a potter and clay. In chapter one, God uses his mouth and his words. In chapter two, God uses his hands and his breath. There's an intimacy that he has with humanity, his greatest creation. David in Psalm 139 shows us that God is intimately involved in the development of every baby. Psalm 139, 13 through 16 says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because you are fearfully, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. This scripture shows us that kids are carefully made and woven together by God. A few years ago, Dawn got involved in knitting. Uh, Avon and a few other ladies here at the church uh, reached out to her and invited her into their knitting group. And uh, before I knew it, she was creating socks and blankets and hats. Uh, Each project was a labor of love that took time and patience and a whole lot of yarn. Yarn is is sold in something called a skein. A skein is is this. It's an oblong roll of typically one strand of yarn To a guy like me, it's just a big old clump of fuzzy line, right? It's just a big old lump of yarn, that's right. But in the hands of my wife, this has limitless potential. It's a blanket to keep us warm on a cold night. It's a beanie for a friend that's going through something really hard. It's a scarf that looks more like a piece of art than a piece of clothing. Pro-choice proponents love to call an unborn child just a clump of cells. Nothing more than tissue and blood a skein of yarn. They do this because they have to avoid admitting the fact that abortion is ending a human life. Just a clump of cells. Left in their hands, that may be true, but Scripture shows us that babies are in God's hands and that they, whether planned or unplanned, are fearfully 
and wonderfully made. The Mona Lisa and the statue of David are are nothing more than paint and stone, but they have great value because they were carefully made by their skilled creator. And so it is with our kids. Kids, whether planned or unplanned, are a priceless treasure. They're a gift from God. And like anything of great value, they need to be protected because kids these days are under attack. Kids are under attack. Kids hold a special place in God's heart, but they also hold a special place with Satan in his crosshairs. Satan loves to attack kids, both born and unborn, and he's been doing it since the beginning of time itself. From Cain and Abel to our kids today, the enemy targets children because of their vulnerability and their impressionability. I've seen this firsthand, having been in student ministry over 15 years now. It seems like in the last few years, maybe it's just me, but it seems like he's ramping up his efforts. Students and kids today are facing incredibly tough issues at home, at school, in their neighborhoods. They're living in a society that goes out of its way to spread confusion and self-absorption and fear. Students and kids are being attacked from all angles, especially now with major increases in things like gender gender identity confusion. They're being taught to question something even as basic as their gender and who they are. Kids, planned or unplanned, are a gift from God and they need our help. I'm so honored to work side by side with kids ministry volunteers and student ministry leaders here at Vero Christian as we week after week share the love of Jesus with kids and with students and with their families. We exist to come alongside kids and students, to come alongside families, and to be a support and a resource for parents. We want kids and students to know that they're a treasured gift from God. We want to help parents to protect their kids from the attacks of the enemy and the negative influences of the world around them. And we want to help parents to train their kids for the battle. You see, not only are kids a gift to be treasured, but they're also an arrow to be trained. Psalm 127 goes on in verses 4 and 5 and says this, Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. The invention of the bow and arrow, now I brought a Nerf one for safety today. (laughs) I'm a big fan of Nerf. Uh, The invention of the bow and arrow, it revolutionized warfare and it opened up the ability to strike from a long distance away. The arrow could be shot further than a warrior could reach. Back in November, Disney released a show on Disney Plus called Hawkeye. Uh, If you're not familiar with Marvel Comics and the movies and all that stuff, Clint Barton, a.k.a. a Hawkeye, he's one of Earth's mightiest heroes. He's one of the Avengers. Hawkeye doesn't have any superpowers other than the fact that he's an incredible shot with a bow and arrow. He's got a quiver full of arrows that are all kinds of trick arrows. Each one has a different function. Each one has a different cool thing that it does that he can use to fight all the bad guys. Hawkeye isn't a great shot by accident. He put in the hard work. He trained hour after hour to hone his skills and to make sure that he was ready for the fight. He also learned how to take care of his arrows, to craft his own for whatever needs came up. This is the imagery that God wants us to think about when we think about our kids. Arrows in our quiver. 
A warrior cares deeply about the condition of his arrows, and he works hard to make sure that they fly straight and true. As we train up our kids to live God's way, whether that be as parents or grandparents or ministry volunteers here at the church, we're helping them to fly straight and true and to hopefully go further than we ever could. Kids are to be treasured and trained because all kids are a gift from God. One of the greatest gifts God has ever given was an unplanned pregnancy about 2,000 years ago. Mary and Joseph had no idea what was coming until an angel showed up. Talk about a surprise, right? The pregnancy, it may have been unplanned in their eyes, but it was planned from the beginning of time in God's. God sent his son into this world, a world that despised and rejected him, to seek and to save the lost, you and me. Jesus came and he died on the cross. He laid down his life so that I and you, that we could be redeemed, that we could be adopted into the family of God. Adoption is God's idea. You and I are treasured that much. If you'd like to know more about being adopted into the family of God, don't leave here today without talking to somebody. Find one of our volunteers in the Welcome Center or come see me after the service. would love to talk with you about what it means to be adopted into the family of God. The parenthood of God was planned from the beginning. If you're already in the family, Jesus has called us to more than just a position more than just a mindset or a set of beliefs, Jesus and following him is a movement. It's action. So what are some action steps that we can take? First one that I thought of is to support our local care net. We're very blessed to have the executive director of our care net as a member of our church, Bonnie Martinelli. She can answer any questions you might have, but there are ways that you can volunteer, volunteer your time. We can support financially. We as a church support CareNet on a month-to-month -month basis, but we as individuals can also support them. We can also attend events. There's an event coming up this Friday. Uh, there's also next Sunday the Stand for Life um, on the 23rd, uh, where we as a church are going to stand. I believe it's on the corner of State 60 and 58th Avenue, and we're going to stand for life. We're going to be a beacon of hope and light to our community to say that we stand for the unborn child. If you have any questions about that or want to know more about that, there's some information in the Next Steps area out in our Welcome Center. Another way that we can take some action and help out is to sign up and volunteer, to join the team. Uh, there's some needs in kids' ministry. Uh, we've got a, an amazing student ministry. There's all kinds of ways that you can join the team and make a difference in the life of a child and a student and a family. There are a lot of kids in this world and especially in our community that do not feel very treasured. We can make a difference there. For some of us in this church, it may be to pray deep prayers about the possibility of adoption. There are about 19,000 kids in foster care here in Florida and about 15,500 churches. If only one or two families per church in Florida would choose adoption, we could empty the foster care system here in Florida. Those same numbers, one or two families per church, apply across the country. 
Wouldn't it be an amazing thing one day to read in the paper, see on the news that the church of Jesus took care of orphans and widows, that we eliminated the need for foster care? That'd be an amazing thing. And last but not least, um, preparing this message and um, putting this together brings with it a weight, um, a weight of the fact that there may be some in this room who've had an abortion. There may be some in this room who pressured their, the, the woman in their life to get an abortion. And so there may be a lot of guilt and shame that comes along with this issue. The very mention of the word might cause pain. And so my words for you this morning on that is that God has planned grace and forgiveness for you in Jesus Christ from the beginning of time. Before anything ever happened, God said, I will make a way for you to be forgiven, for you to live in grace, for you to be adopted into my family. He loves you deeply, and so do we. You don't have to walk in shame or carry the guilt of that anymore. Jesus paid it all. Let's pray. God, this morning, um, we've been talking about kids, and kids are very near and dear to your heart. God, I pray that we would follow you in that, that kids, as difficult as they may be sometimes, would be treasured by us that we would love them so much because they are loved by you and that we would train them up like arrows to fly farther than we can ever go. We worship you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.